There we go. And hey! I guess this is the B-Team podcast. <laughs> my name is Justin. Uh, everybody's laughing at my hey. You know what I mean? Sound like uh, the clown, my man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids. Um, so uh, we're gonna be a little unorthodox today. Usually, we do a pod where um we have like a movie or a TV show or something in mind, and we're reviewing it. You know, uh, usually has something to do with something. I'm gonna be honest with you, we didn't really have a good idea. So, Brent. Came up with a good idea since uh, John's at the Star Trek Con in Vegas. And um, we really don't have anything coming out or anything. So we're going to yeah. do our top three sitcoms. Or a, a general, yeah, each. And, um, it's gonna, and it's also going to kind of morph into a general sitcom discussion at some point. Um, so this is going to be a little more free flowing, free moving, you know, freestyle, if you will. Uh, we're going to take a little bit easy on this one. We're just, we're just going to really? ride, ride our way through. Yep. Yep. And, uh, event, eventually Josh will join us. Um, but for now, uh, I am Justin and I am also joined by Brent. Hi. And Milos. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. All right. So, um, so let's see. Uh, do we want to just start by kind of going around and just saying what our number threes would be? Uh, we could. Or do you want to do... do any honorable mentions kind of thing? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we can do honorable, honorable mentions. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with an honorable mention round or two. Okay. All right. So, uh, Brent, since it was your idea, do you want to start with maybe an honorable mention or two? Uh, honorable mention number one? Would be Cheers. Okay, it's right. like the grandfather. Or, uh, I know Macy wanted that oh, one on his list, so we'll we'll, we'll hold that one actually. Right. Well, I, but, I don't yeah. know if I'd say the grandfather. I think I think he I think he, it's more like the cool uncle. Well, because okay, I'll go with that because I, I think I actually have the grandfather of the modern sitcom on my list. So, <laughs> oh jeez, all right. Oh yeah, I guess I guess they would be closer to like the modern sitcom. I guess. Because everybody kind of emulates Cheers, you know, Friends and How I Met Your Mother. Frasier spun directly out of it. And then, wow. yeah, like a lot of yeah. those like bottle setting fucking shows that came afterwards were pretty directly off of Cheers. So it's, I think, yeah, I'll hold that one and actually make that my number two or three. Oh, there we yeah. go. Honorable mention, I guess, then would be, I'm going to say my name is a real because I want to throw a British one in there. <laughs> All right, my name is Earl. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good one. Um, that was one that I never really like. I watched it when it was on, um, but like it wasn't something that I like, like went on my way to see really. Um, it had three I did, really I, solid, really solid seasons with a really really good cast. Like everybody yeah. pops up for an episode of it too. Like you get Timothy yep. Oliphant is just a random ass role. You get fucking like everybody shows up on that for a little while. But yeah, like three really good seasons, then it fucked itself because it worked through the writer's strike that year, and then they got blacklisted, so they never mm -hmm. got picked up. They and they ended on a cliffhanger, which they didn't do any of the other seasons because they never were sure if they were going to get picked up or not. And the one time they were guaranteed to be picked up, and they went with a cliffhanger, they didn't get picked up because they pissed everyone off. And it's just 
yeah, kind of a sad fucking twist on the fucking actual show because it it deserves a better ending than it got. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was uh, it's uh, Jamie Presley, right? She's in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, she ended up going on to do another sitcom. She was in uh, Mom, right? Yes, she was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, yeah. and then uh, speaking speaking of this, which um, I'm gonna kind of should I spoil my list a little bit? Yeah, well, I, think, I mean it's free flowing. I think. You yeah. Know, all right. You know, all right. So good. so this is this is gonna be a, a spoiler for my list, but um, so uh, what's his name there? Uh, uh, Sp- uh, Sp- uh, Sp- uh, Sponley, but uh, the big guy. I forget what the hell. Oh, Ethan Supley, yeah. Ethan Supley, yes. Um, so, uh, spoiler, um, he's got another show on on my yeah. list. Uh, it's gonna be already. Yeah. <laughs> I think you already knew. Yeah. Uh, he he. Um, and for those who don't know, he played uh, Frankie Stacchino in uh, Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Yeah. Um, he was in uh, My Name Is Earl. He was also the big guy in uh, Remember the Titans. Um, he was then he, got the, he was the weird he, emo he, best. He, he was the weird emo uh, best friend in the butterfly effect. He was the um, guy who couldn't see the sailboat and fucking mall rats. <laughs> yeah, he, yell, he, he yells at the little kids and tells them there's no tells them there's no Easter Bunny. Yep, 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 yep. That was funny uh, one too. We one of the best I, fucking I, just, I, like, I almost, sign. I almost forgot that he was in mall characters in mall rats. He's one of the best pointless yeah. characters in mall rats. He just pops in and he's just like. Huh. When do I get to see the goddamn <laughs> sailboat? You dumb bastard. It's a sailboat, not a schooner. <laughs> yeah, but he he is super fucking jacked. He lost yeah. a ton of weight. Oh, yeah. He he, really he went he went full into bodybuilder mode. Um he was on uh Joe Rogan and I was listening to his podcast his episode of the podcast and man, like um I think he had like um, I don't know if he had diabetes, but like he had like a lot of medical issues or something. He was having and, like it wasn't actual heart attacks, but it was like heart palpitations or yeah. something. And they said it's because you mm. weigh so much, like you're going to die soon yeah. if you don't start losing weight. And he was he just took it super to heart. heart. And he was just like wow, jacked. Like he is. He yep. was, the last pictures I saw, like his arms were fucking huge. I was like, holy yeah. shit! Like he always looked yeah, like now- one cuddly best friend, and now he just looks like the Rock Junior. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I think he did get a role somewhere as like uh, as like a like an army guy or something. It was like some small movie you or something. Who it I may have think... even been it may have even been like a Shapiro movie, like the, those Daily Wire ones. Um, it might have been in one of those. I can't remember. Oh, okay, that makes but, sense because he's been doing a yeah. lot of fucking like. Hey, you know what? Like, I don't know what I am, but like the right wingers are nicer than the left wingers right now. Like, interviews. yeah. Oh. Well, he's but, well, he's uh, been. I think he's been hanging know, out with like the black black rifle coffee guys and stuff like probably, that. So, yeah. That yeah. Seems like his, but uh, you know who I'd cast him as in like the Marvel universe right now? Ben Grimm. Yeah, yeah. He you know what? That, that lovable best friend, and he can do yep. kind of fucking serious, angry. I, I didn't think of that till right now. Up, so, like, wow. You know, he has that going for him as well. Yeah. Yeah. That so, is like, spot he's not on. that hard to animate. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I, well, I, plus, I, I plus, I mean, I never. You, 
I didn't really think of him before, and even if he was still fat, I'd be, he'd be my choice for the voice actor because like, he he can do that best friend role. Right? <laughs> he was also in American History X. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Yeah, I think I only seen him. Tuna the racist. Yeah, I think I only seen American History X once. That's uh. That's blasphemy. That's quite the that movie. A fucking amazing movie. It's yeah. brutal. Like it's. But yeah, it, plays, it shows you that all sides can be assholes and all sides can be like redeemable. And it's I like movies mm-hmm. that actually don't just like oh well here's the one good side that you have to think and the one bad side that every and it's like no there's there's always that gray area and that was a perfect gray area movie. Mm. And then of course with my name is Earl you can't forget um uh what's his face there Jason uh Jason Lee yeah and he was also um Kevin Smith regular. Oh, and yeah. he was also he was also in uh, all the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Oh yeah, true. Honestly, then, him uh, playing Dave Seville has got to be even lower on his career trajectory than when he got fucking ass raped by the giant alien buttworm in Dreamcatcher. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got, and then he didn't want to come back for like the third or fourth one, so he got replaced by Zachary Levi. <laughs> Oof. There's a downgrade. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's my yeah, that's my long distance cousin or whatever. Oh hey, we got a wild Josh. Yo yeah. yo. We're uh no, we're just talking about thing, honorable like, If if Freaks and Geeks is a Judd Apatow TV show, then my name is Earl was almost a Kevin Smith TV show. If that makes any sense. Like Yeah. No, yeah he I didn't actually that. have anything to do yeah. with it, but like it was all characters that were in his stuff, like it had a lot of his kind of humor in it, so like, yeah, yeah. Plus, plus, it was really one of, yeah. Plus, it was really one of those American sitcoms that didn't really have like a laugh track or an audience, and it was really like on location because I can't remember too too many of them before that that actually gained steam. Um, because because my name is Earl came out in what like ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that. I'm not entirely sure. It was. It wasn't. It was around mm-hmm. then. I think it ran like. A, oh, yeah. Let me do a quick Google. Um. Oh, oh five. Oh wow. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I didn't realize it was that. And I'm pretty great. sure it lasted three seasons, right? Uh yeah. Uh September of oh five to May of nine oh nine. Yeah. Okay, so four years. Yeah. Probably four, three seasons. four seasons. Four seasons and ninety six episodes. Okay. They screwed him enough not to be able to get that last four, <laughs> but it's still in syndication anyway. So honestly, that's one I'm surprised that a fucking streaming site hasn't picked up and like done the last season of yet. Yeah, I mean, I think you have you to kind of get everybody back. But... Well, I mean, if you can go back to Deadwood ten years later and ignore the fact that they were at, like ended at the like turning point of a war. I'm pretty sure you can end my name as Earl or jump back into my name as Earl without that much trouble. Just yeah, you have to lazy. find Jason Lee. Well, to find Jason Lee and like explain why fucking his brother got fucking jacked in an hour. Oh shit! I didn't realize Jason Lee was a Scientologist. Oh yeah. I guess that goes back to the whole. Uh, well, he's not Tom one Cruise of the ones discussion, that I... huh? Well, he's just a good little soldier. He does, but he's not like Tom Cruise, where he gets to pull weight. Mm. Although there were a few things that he's been in that, like, there was supposed to be like a Scientology joke or a joke at this, and he was like, "Ah, can we cut that? Because I'll get in trouble for it." And like, 
Yeah. It wasn't in crucial to the plot, so they, the directors were like, yeah, okay, it was just a throwaway joke anyway, so sure. But, like, yeah, I guess he has actually asked, like, hey, can we not make fun of this? Because I'm kind of one of those. Oh, yeah, I'm back oh, in. That's right. That's right. I almost, I almost completely forgot he was an enemy of the state. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's was. one of those weird actors that, like, he'll show up in the weirdest fucking things, and then you don't yep. remember that he was there until you're like, wait a minute. He's turning into Clancy yeah. Brown, but, like, not the villain every time. <laughs> I fucking love me a good Clancy Brown out of nowhere. Oh, we know. <laughs> oh, shit. Hotbreakers. That was a good movie, too. All right. So who's next for the runner-up? Uh, so, um, we can go with Milos. You got a runner-up? I got I got a couple of runner-ups. So basically, I was debating when I was choosing the list. Uh, I was debating what the hell I'm going to do with it. And the matter of fact is, living where I do live, like most of our sitcoms on television that they showed were British shows. Mm-hmm. So I actually got familiar with British shows a lot more than American sitcoms. Like, it wasn't until late uh, 2010s that I even knew, like, any outside of, like, Cheers were on, sure, Seinfeld was on, uh, you know, a couple of others, Raymond was always playing, and got a little bit of Frasier, but, you know, other than that, like, anything lesser known, I guess, I would say, just, like, everything was so British, like, for most of the uh, Croatians, our movie director of choice is Tarantino, and our sitcoms of choice is uh, Only Fools and Horses. Which is actually yes, yeah, pretty funny show. Uh, went on for a long, long while. Uh, I think it finished like started in eighties, ran to like early two thousands. Uh, about two brothers and basically them scheming, uh, trying to get uh, rich. And uh, it has one of those like most, I guess, satisfying endings as far as uh, sitcoms go, just because like. It actually Everything ends. Actually ends, but they basically try to auction off some like navy vessels, uh, whatever that they think is just a trinket. But they score like four million pounds or something like it on it. They actually get rich off. It's like one of those like happy endings, but it's like really really funny. Just like keep in mind. I mean, I mentioned this before we got in. It's like British humor is a lot different than. American humor, so a lot yeah. of the jokes can come out dry if you don't get them. Oh, very. Um, yeah, but once you get into the show, pretty, pretty damn funny. Uh, another yeah. one of the runner-ups is I'm gonna stick with the British ones. Is I'm gonna go with the IT crowd, mm-hmm. which is basically exactly that. Uh, basically, a couple of IT support workers and their. Uh, daily uh, <laughs> adventures at work uh they work in the basement of a of a company and basically i mean it's really i watched it once didn't really get the humor in it just because like again like i didn't get it came off of dry and didn't really stick with me so i rewatched it again just because everybody that i talked to actually loved the show and once you really get into it once you understand the stuff it's like it's really, really funny as far as it goes. Stupid, like in Say, a lot of aspects, uh, but still pretty funny. 
I know this is a weird little fucking side tangent tack on there, but like the closest thing Americans have to British humor is probably the Coen brothers. Yeah. Just yeah. that dry wit, Very that much. like just weird, sometimes off tone delivery of the punchline on things. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, you can yeah. really, really, like, you, can, you really shine through if you want to call it like that in the sitcom stuff. But I have a friend, he works in uh, London, he works in, uh, basically makes ads. And he's like, there's certain stuff, like, you know, one, you know, he got into like big market stuff, making commercials and like other, and he's like, stuff that I have to do is like, there's certain laws and regulations and there's certain jokes that you can't really touch in British sitcoms. Like, yeah, there's a list and it's like, you, you cannot make jokes about this stuff. And it's growing. It's like, Yes. Yeah, and then he gets to a point where it's like he watches. I don't know. We we were both football fans, so you watch all the commercials they they are doing football. It's like I would love to work with that stuff just because it's like a lot of that stuff is like that you do in America. It's on chain. It's like everything's on the table. Like you can make fun of whoever's like yeah. There's certain standards you have to accord to and whatever, but it's like a lot less restraining the British humor is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with with American sitcoms, I mean, the main thing is like, you know, the only really uh, pushback you get is from like people that you upset on Twitter or something. But I mean, you can you can make fun of whatever with American sitcoms. It seems like over in Britain, because they don't actually have freedom of speech, it seems like, you know, BBC and, you know, probably the Queen and Parliament and whatever, probably control what you can say on television. There's a lot of that stuff. Although, yeah, wow. like, but like, yeah, but there's like, there's a certain, a like, yeah, you, you can't crack jokes about royal family. Like, that's, yeah. that's not gonna fly. Like, no, like, you know. on American TV, like, you can make a fucking Prince Andrew likes them young kind of joke, but you can't do that on British TV. Like, okay. yeah, no, that, that would definitely not fly. I mean, like, right, the, like I think the closest, the closest we the, ever got to the, like censor. It's turning into oh. the same thing here, though. Like, you, you can't mm. make a fucking Democrat joke as easy as you can a Republican joke. Like, you get backlash if you make it one side and not the other. And, like, that's mm. why, like, you need comedians like Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle who are making fun of, like, every fucking side if they do something stupid. Which, did you see the pictures of Bill Burr at Fenway? He sold that place out. That oh, was him crazy. Doing the, him doing the announcement is fucking amazing. That was nuts. I saw all the pictures from it. The the people they squeezed into Fenway. That was nuts. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. Oh, him doing the announcing stuff. Anytime that I've seen even clips on YouTube, it's been fuck. It's been the most entertaining I've seen baseball in years, like mm. years. Like he actually oh, yeah, I, fun to watch again because like he, he's going all like nineteen thirties announcer at times, and he's right into it because he's a huge yeah. fucking sports fan. Yeah. I think I think I shared with you a couple of them from the Nesson's uh, mm-hmm. sportscast when he when he was on with uh, the guys at Nesson. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, he was big. He was he was saying what the hell is he? He was saying something about Jeter, and he like made fun of uh, what's his face Sterling. He's yeah. like number two, yeah. Derek Jeter. Jeter. <laughs> yeah. And he said something about like Jeter grabbing his crotch or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, oh, and the inning is over. Thanks, Bill, for coming up. <laughs> oh yeah, well you can tell like as the inning gets closer, like he's getting a little more edgy and a little more edgy just to see like how far he can push it. Hmm. 
but yeah, yeah. That's why I like comedians like that is because like they actually do take it like from yeah. They take shots at both sides instead of just playing at one side. And like that's one of the things why like this whole censorship fucking era is fucking pissing me right off because like if you if people are so afraid to like make fun of the good air quotes the good side that like it's also one sided and one note like stereotypical fucking like jokes that against the other side that it's just like ah just if I can do something different, like, yeah, like make fun of the other yeah. side just a little, like just a little bit. Oh yeah, because when you stick into one side only, it's like. Well, then it, it comes off preachy, not funny. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. I think that's one like comedy should have been that medium that it's like not restrained in that matter. It's like you can really make fun of everybody, not just and make fun of it. You should make fun of everybody. Well, that's, yeah, right? The court jester thing, like, that the only person that was allowed to take shots at the king was the court jester, and that's why it was exactly. so important. Exactly. Like, I mean, I mean, the you king got... wouldn't you... kill the jester, and that was a way for the entire realm to work, and work out their frustrations with the king through humor, and, like, that's why, yeah. And I mean, you got, you got stand-ups, you got stand-ups trying to bring some of that back, though, because, I mean, you got guys like Andrew Schultz, who, if you haven't seen his stand-up, uh, infamous uh that was fantastic but um he you know he he takes shots at everybody in the crowd and everybody laughs because you know everybody knows that he's not like mean-hearted about it you know he'll he'll pick like uh you know he'll pick somebody out out of the crowd and like but he's knowledgeable about their background so then he'll so he'll like make a joke that's like culturally like significant to them and then everybody will laugh and the people will laugh when he's doing the crowd work so it's like you know, it's and, and there's a lot of other guys that are on there, like uh, uh, what uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, is it uh, Normand? Nor no uh, Normand, something like that. Uh, Normand or whatever. He um he was he, uh Mark Normand. He was doing. He's he's pretty good with the stand up and doing stuff like that. Uh, Sam Morell. He's he's pretty good. You know, with doing stuff like that. So. I don't know. I mean, you got some guys coming back, but the problem is, is that you know, like sitcoms and stuff, you only only get like stuff that's like family friendly, won't make waves. You know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah, that's that's why so many of them are garbage today. The the Mm. few that they do try is because they're so milk toast. Like they're they're so afraid to step on anybody's toes that they can't have any actual point in any episode. It's all just stupid gag after stupid gag to the end. Like there's no real. There's no real point anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think order- I think one of the I think one of the big ones that um, if you're talking about modern ones, I think one of the big ones. And Josh would have brought this up if he didn't drop out. But um, Last Man Standing, yes, they were Tim able Allen. to take shots. Yeah, they were able to take shots at both sides because Tim Allen is very much uh, right side, uh, but they had left left side guys and girls uh, writing it. And, and so thing, like, you had that kind of amalgamation. That's it. They were calling out the hypocrisy from both sides. They weren't just like, yeah. oh, look what this side's doing and just pretending the other side's perfect. Like, yep. they were yeah, because they would, they everybody would... across the field. And that's, that's, yep. that's my kind of that's thing. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> well, that's, you know that's many... why shows, it, comedy, a sitcom especially, like, in order to be thought provoking, you have to risk being offensive to somebody. And when you're trying to offend nobody, you can't be funny. Like, it just doesn't work. Uh, 
right? Like, you think of some of the best episodes of The Office. It's when they were being super fucking offensive to something. But yeah. it didn't feel mean-spirited because they weren't just singling that one thing out every time. It's the same as South Park, right? It's, they yeah. don't just take shots at one thing. They'll take a shot at everything equally across the board. And it's like, well, you can't really say they hate on any one thing or you're they're a particular kind of phobe because they make fun of fucking everything. Yeah. Like, everything is fair game or nothing is fair game. And I like to live in the world where everything is fair game. No, me too. Right? Like... Like again, weird side tangent for yeah, talking about a British yeah, show well, and the way I, the I censorship mean, works. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> that's what this episode's gonna be, guys. Like, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, you know, I did say that so it was gonna be you know free form, so you well, know, it's just um, spit take. Let's see how an actual conversation with us just flows through. Like, yep. And uh, so, so I'll I'll shoot out. Well, I'll shoot out one of mine. So I really had a top four. Um, but these bottom two I have, I had kept switching them in my mind because Same. one, one is a, one's a modern favorite. The other one is a classic favorite of mine. So one from childhood. And so I'm trying, I, and so in my mind, I went through like, how many seasons of this I do I like? How many episodes of that do I like? You know, and trying to balance it. So I came up with a decision. And so my honorable mention will be Boy Meets World. And oh. so, yeah. Oh, this, which, this means I, there's one on your list that I don't know then. I can, really? I can make an educated guess, but I'm not 100% sure if it's, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, that's going to be interesting. Um, be so, yeah. The one that you mentioned was going to be. Yeah, so, I mean, I already did kind of mention that that this one was going to be on my list somewhere. So this one right now would be number four, which I think for years it was number three. Um, so, um, so yeah, so Boy Meets World, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it was a sitcom from the 90s from TGIF, as Ben Savage, as uh, Corey Matthews, um, Wilf uh, Friedel, who plays, uh, you know, you might know him as the voice of Batman Beyond. Um, and he, uh, he plays his brother and yeah, you know, Topanga Lawrence, uh, Sean Hunter, his best friends, stuff like that. And it was all basically, um, a show about his, he was his bully. Huh? Oh yeah. 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 So that's, that's where it came in. Frankie, Frankie Stacchino, he, uh, Ethan Sloopley. So we got, uh, we got two shows right off the bat with him. Um, he uh, and actually, his episode is one of my favorites. It's uh, six. It's uh, what the hell is it called? Sixteen candles and four hundred pound men. And it's the episode where and they Vader. keep um, yeah they yeah with Vader and um, it's the one that they kept. Yep, and it's the one that they kept uh, referring to like an episode of the Flintstones, which really was maybe the first kind of sitcom i guess maybe in the 60s even though it's a cartoon in a lot of ways, the, Sims, the yeah was more of a sitcom than a cartoon but yeah, yeah. well especially since it was in prime time they used to air that in prime time before they moved it before they convinced everybody that ki- that cartoons were for kids and then they moved it to saturday mornings but that's a different that's a different discussion but um i'm uh, sure we'll have that one at some point also side tangent about the flintstones did you know that's the actual first television show where a family had a baby? It beat I Love Lucy by like four huh. months. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. 
I Love Lucy is the first live action, but technically the oh. first to actually do it. Like, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, they they never like to throw those distinctions in there. Well, no, because they're like, oh, what kind of fucking value does a cartoon have? But there you go. Yeah, cartoons didn't. And work. um, although uh, George Jetson did just get born on July thirty first, yeah. so there you go. True. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah. I'm so, um, oh, Elon Musk and whatever. Bezos stop making dick rockets and you know on cars, man. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know where we were talking about Bezos yeah. and dick rockets, but okay. <laughs> little did we know that <laughs> little did we know that George's car and Rosie the robot were both Tesla products. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh yeah so so yeah that that is my that's probably my favorite episode is um so he's going so Corey's going back and forth between topanga sweet 16 and then uh big van vader is uh frankie stacchino's father and he of course is a wrestler in the wwf at the time and he's facing jake the snake roberts and he has to keep going back and forth back and forth with sean and trying to help help frankie get closer to his father through um teaching him stuff about wrestling and then having to rush back down the road to where topanga's uh sweet 16 is and i i just i just always love watching that episode because it's just hilarious like them trying to go back and forth and then finally her she's like it's been on tv this whole time and then (laughs) and then he comes back with like the vader mask one time and stuff like that so it's pretty hilarious but um but yeah so that 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 that's a uh favorite episode of mine from that show but um yeah that show i think is a lot of like 90s kids uh favorite um you know it's it's a really great show that had like not only the family dynamic but it was it was also a show because a lot of shows had kids in them but a lot of the shows never really focused on the kids yeah Um, i mean maybe maybe growing yeah maybe growing pains um growing pains a little bit kind of family ties sort of yeah oh family ties that's the one i was thinking of the one with um uh michael j yeah michael j fox um alex keaton yeah and um yeah i mean he i mean they kind of focused on him but it was more about the, the family but then it eventually became about him because he was michael j fox um but like this one like it's called boy meets world it's his story of you know going from a little kid all the way up until college you know and um you know you get uh uh joey lawrence not joey lawrence um the other one matthew lawrence um he's in it you know later on in the in the that oh another one um actually this one might be tied with my favorite which was and then there was sean which was um the scream episode or whatever um, where they're all locked inside the high school and, um, you know, there's a killer on the loose while they're all in detention and then, you know, Feeney's dead and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty interesting. Go, go watch that yeah, one. But Feeny, that, that's, a, that's a great a episode. Feeney was a great TV oh, teacher too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if, if yeah, you needed to look up, yeah, if you, if you needed to look up to somebody, I mean, you looked up to George Feeney. I mean, you know, they, they gave him all the great lines you know, he delivered them greatly, you know, um, you know, even that end where it's like class is missed, you know, gets me every time, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, he, you know, 
it was just a great, just a great wholesome show. You know what I mean? And then, I mean, even you know with what, like that, the that marriage has, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It also has the distinction of being the last time Paul Feig was actually okay. Yeah. Well, well, no, because I mean, no, nah, he he was a director on The Office. So yeah, but was that him that did the work, or was that just a good cast that did the work? Yeah, that's true. I guess. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure I could have directed funny episodes of The Office just because the cast was that good. Like. Yeah, that's true. Right. Which and and you know what's funny? Uh, speaking of podcasts and stuff, because uh, I think right before we started, we were talking about Office ladies. Um, Daniel Fisher, who plays um, uh, Topanga. Um, What's his face? Uh, Strong Rider, who plays uh, Sean, and then Will Friedle, He, they all do uh, pod meets. Strong Rider, strong. I'm pretty Rider sure strong. strong. I'm pretty sure Strong yeah. Rider is a porn actor. <laughs> Probably <laughs> Rider Strong. I knew whatever. And um, we're one of the characters in Prey. Yeah. Um, they do. They do a uh, podcast. About about the episodes and stuff now, just like everybody else does. You know, we've talked about uh, the Voyager one that they do. You know, the pod about the Voyager ones, but yeah. So I haven't really delved too deep into those, but I've seen clips of it and stuff, and it's pretty interesting. This type of stuff they do. They had they had Mr. and Mrs. Feeney on there, um, who are actually married in real life. Um, Speaking of a sitcom star who's finally getting work again, fucking cousin Larry Abton showed up on She Hulk this week. Oh yes, really? I didn't even watch. For, for I didn't even. I didn't get to yeah. watch the whole. Oh, oh, wow. I don't know who Cousin Larry Appleton is, but <laughs> I didn't watch any huh. of She-Hulk yet. Well, yeah, no, yeah, he showed up. was he, another one. He showed oh, up really? this week, and I was like, I, I know this guy. What, what do I know him from? And then just <laughs> there's one scene where he just stops and he looks at the camera, and it's like, holy shit, it's Cousin Larry Appleton. <laughs> well, that that that's what happened with um in our previous episode, we were talking about um the terminal list. And in there is one of the guys from RoboCop. It's okay. the uh, it's the not not the head guy of the you know the you bad the guys, guys but it's me. it's one of the guys that kills um what's his face uh, RoboCop. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy, yeah, the guy who turns into like acid or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in it. And when at first I was like, I know what this guy is from, and I looked at him and I'm like. Oh shit! It's just a fatter version of that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like yeah. I watched. Oh, I, watched I rewatched the Predators, like all of the Predator movies last week, and mm. I forgot that like one of Arnold's fucking teammate dudes was Bolivar Trask in the shitty Wolverine movie, or not the Wolverine movie, one of the shitty X Men movies. Oh, oh, you mean uh, uh, what's his face? The, the black dude. Uh, dude. Not, yeah. That's not Apollo Creed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Billy Duke. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I forgot that he was Trask in that X-Men. a movie, and then the, uh, he was the right. one, he was Bolivar Trask before fucking Tim, uh, Peter Dinklage was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in um, I think it was in Last Stand. I think so. That's yeah, because that's that's stands up in my head. It was because him and fucking Kelsey Grammer were the only two things that I was like, well, this could be okay. And yeah, just another another. Another sitcom guy that I think is going to be on your list. <laughs> oh, uh, Kelsey Grammer. No. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. He's there. Well, he, he's well, there. He he's are, there well, he, in an official number and in like an asterisk on that official number. 
Oh, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Well, we already talked about one of its shows. You know what I mean? Um, a little bit. But yeah, so so let's uh, let's remake or reboot or continuation. Yeah. Like, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think we're getting. Uh, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I, and plus, I think we're getting a little too deep into this pod without actually going into any of our lists. So, um, so how about how about Brent? All right. So how about Brent? You go with number three. My number three. I want to throw something British in there, and it was a tough choice between like Black Adder, Faulty Towers, Mister Bean. But I'm going with Mrs. Brown's boys because there's t- there's times in that show where I literally has me fucking wheezing for breath. Like if you smoke a joint and watch the right episode of that, like the Christmas pageant, you'll fucking die laughing. Like you will literally like your sides will hurt before the end of the half hour. Um, unless Milos has this in his list, uh, you've I lost me because no, I don't I don't no. do any I don't do anything I didn't British. Watch, so. watch it, but I did run across a couple of episodes. It's I've heard about it. Like. I've it's I've heard just, about it. It's a little Irish guy. Right, named uh, on the on the black on the black adder topic, I was actually debating sticking black adder. In oh, there I, well. I love black adder. That's such a fucking. Black. It's a witty show. Like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Rowan Atkinson's just great. So like, it, I needed to put him somewhere. And I yeah, I just yeah because you, I mean you go like plenty of people just know him from being you know Mr. Bean, but like just as Mr. Throw. Bean, which is still hilarious. Like. If you think about how funny some of those episodes were with, like, little to no words, like, that guy had some acting skills, like. Wasn't wasn't he in, like, uh. Like, get you in stitches without saying a single thing. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he in uh, Rat Race, too? He was. That movie Rat Race? Yeah. Yeah, that was a funny movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was. He there was a. I think. Uh, I did, I think it came out on Netflix. I didn't see it yet, but uh, Man versus B. Yeah, I tried. I tried watching it, and I just didn't have the attention span when I clicked it on. But yeah, it's that's one I'm gonna have to check out because I do like Rowan Atkinson a lot. Yeah, and he also did a couple of other like British. And there was another one, the Thin Blue Line. Mm-hmm. Is the name. Yep. There was a car, you know, there was a police station somewhere in England and yeah, so like his his acting chops go way beyond Mr. B. He was the best part of Scooby Doo too. Yeah. Yeah, and he also did the Scooby Doo too. Uh, he also did the whole uh what was it, John English stuff? Yep. Johnny English. Oh yeah, yeah, Johnny English, yeah. Which was basically his job. Uh he's done like the the Children in Need specials for like they are, the BBC always does like a basically a telephone. Yeah, the day. Red Knot, the Red stuff. He did a Doctor Who sketch, or like he was a big part of the, one of the Doctor Who sketches they did that actually led to yep. the series getting rebooted. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just an overly funny guy. Mm. All right, there's, so there's a reason why they stuck him in the opening ceremony of the 2012 London Olympics. Like, he wasn't yeah. just, you know, you know, he's kind of a trademark in himself. Yeah. But yeah, back to my pick, the, the uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys. It's written by an Irish guy named Brendan O'Connor. Connor? Connell? Whatever. Um, yeah. Most, most of the actors in the show are his family or his, yeah, like, yeah. His wife plays his daughter. His actual son plays his son's best friend in the show. 
he's plays a character named Mrs. Brown, who's this fucking old 80 year old cranky Irish lady. It's fucking hilarious. Like <laughs> there's some episodes where I'm like literally like in tears watching it. Like I can remember said, there was a couple you said uh, Brian O'Connor. You said Brian O'Connor, and I'm like Brandon. Paul Walker. <laughs> I was like, oh, so oh, Brendan. Brandon, I'm, oh, I thought you said. I thought you said Brian. I thought you said Brian O'Connor, and I was like, that series, man. <laughs> Every like, other actor is O'Carroll. <laughs> and you, you can tell it's one of those shows where they don't put a whole lot of production like money into it. So like there'll be times where like they'll be rolling through a take and like someone will laugh or like they'll say something like just to get the other person to make a wrong reaction and then they'll start over in the moment like they don't throw a lot of footage away. Mm. So like there's there's times where you get some of the like be, I don't know it would have it'd be cut footage and other TV shows it'd be bonus scenes on a DVD but like they leave them right in the show on this and like sometimes it's just it's fun it's just stupid fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good when they have like shows like that where like you know so um, you have I'm, something I'm that's just, organic. I'm checking out. I'm checking out the IMDb and basically both uh, Kathy and Agnes Brown showed up in uh, Tyler Perry's Amadea Homecoming. Oh, okay, as, I, I did not know that. As, but that as, yeah, I just pulled it up and it was like she's in Madea, and it's Honestly, like and it's... they actually and they showed up as characters for from Mrs. Brown's boys. Yeah. Well, honestly, that makes sense because, like, basically, Mrs. Brown's is the Irish version of yeah, what, what Medea yeah. is to the black people community. Like, I have to, I I have to see if I get enough, right? Yeah, I think so. But not a uh, term, is it? Like, nah, it's no, all right. Think, to the Tyler Perry fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, think that's more offensive. Life. I think that's more offensive than the first thing I said. Yeah, let's stick with the first thing you said. I think that works. I'm gonna have to check out this show. See, uh, see what it's all about. It's, honestly, I think you would fucking. I think you'd laugh at it pretty hard. It's really? Just, it's, yeah. There's some of it like, it's just so stupid, but on point that like, yeah, yeah, I think you'd like it. Yeah, because see, my problem is, is that like with British humor, um, when you guys were talking about it earlier, I was very much on the like. It's too dry and I don't get it. And oh, that one, happens a lot. Not your, this is Irish, not British. There's a, oh, 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 oh. There's a oh my bad. I didn't my bad. I didn't I didn't I I missed the part where Irish you said Irish. Humor is totally different thing. <laughs> Irish humor is just totally silly drunk bar humor for the most part. Oh like, yeah. British that's, humor that's, is that stuffy highbrow. Like, yeah, there's times yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much uh you know, Irish a lot of people in my neighborhood, so yeah, no, just give it, give it a try though. It's actually when we're done here, I'll send you a clip of like some of the fucking funny moments. Like, and yeah, if you don't laugh nice. at that, don't watch it. But you will definitely laugh at it. Yeah. All right, uh, Milos, you want to do your number three? So my number three uh, would be another British one. Okay. And I was actually debating what makes the top three because I kind of knew what my top two were gonna be. Mm-hmm. Uh. The third one was like the difficult choice because a lot of this stuff is just like childhood memories and like I watched it as a kid sort of thing and really grew to love it from the young age and just for the sake of it I think I was leaning toward the British side but then it was like hmm which exactly makes it as my top three and I'm actually gonna have to go with Alo Alo 
And the low low is one of the funniest things I have ever seen on TV when I was a kid or in, as an adult. So it's set in France during the World War II. And it's set in a small, basically, cafe where the resistance fighters, Gestapo, German army, like everything, like POWs, everything interacts on daily, basically on daily basis. And the guy who runs the cafe, his name is René Artois, I believe is the name. And the general show is just so damn funny. Like, just cycling between like keeping the different factions aside and making sure nobody figures out who the other side is and like hiding POWs in the while Gestapo and German officers are drinking upstairs. You know, there's a wife, there's a mother, and it's just like generally through and through one of the funniest shows I have ever watched. That that is an that is an interesting setting and premise for a sitcom. Oh, yeah. Wow, World it War Two, France. Like, really, yeah. <laughs> yo yo. Hey, hey Josh. You just I'm bombed back. in when we're we're talking about French sitcoms that use World War Two, France as a setting for uh, hilarity. Apparently. Nice. <laughs> well, it's a British, not a French, but it's British set oh, in France. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I thought you said it it's was French. No, no, British. Oh, it's set in. It was British that was set in France. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Hello, hello is the name. Probably heard of it, knowing Josh. What was it? Hello, hello. No, I don't know it. Ah, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to Google that one. But yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> um, I mean, so, as far as show settings, just pretty, yeah. you know, specific, but they, they make it work. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess that kind of goes on the same idea as like Hogan's Heroes, I guess, and like Mash, like you know, yeah, you know, it's you know, in the in the war setting, you know what I mean. Well, especially Hogan's Heroes, because I mean, that is like you know, the Germans and shit like that, in, like World War Two or whatever. So now, see what has know. to happen is Disney needs to buy the rights to do this, change the name to like Tales from Mary and Ravenwood's Cabin, and there you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so uh, um, real quick, what did I miss the the speed run version. So, so so uh, far we've we talked about honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, honorable yeah. mentions. Uh, Brent had Cheers. Uh, well, no, uh, oh, he changed it from Cheers to uh, My Name Is Earl. Um, I had Boy Meets had World. Cheers is one of his like two, and I want to yeah, yeah. throw that in as a conversation point for him. So, so uh, honorable mentions. I'll go with Martin. Ooh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they um. Man. Oh, hey. Uh, speaking of that, um, this Saturday, BET is having a reunion thing with well, there you um, go. Martin Martin Lawrence, um, and I think like two or three other cast members are going to be there, and it's like it's almost like they kind of wanted to do what they did with Fresh Prince, um, but not really. So it's like half the cast is there, and yeah, so it's it's interesting. It's it's more of like a little interview type of deal than it is like them just hashing stuff out. So, um, but yeah, I I figured I'd mention that to you since you you said Martin because I know you like I know you really like Martin. So 
I do. Uh, two more honorable mentions. I will go with Who's the Boss and uh, mm. Growing Pains. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, Who's the Boss? I used to love Who's the Boss when I was a kid. That was hilarious to me. I used to sit there and watch all the all the reruns and everything. Yeah, I've got another honorable mention, but it's actually like I need to put it closer to the number one. Okay, but yeah, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so both Brent and uh, Milos's number threes have been British shows. Um, uh, Milos, what was your what was your honorable mention again? Uh, so it was. Now you're asking, man. Uh, what was I know it was, I know it was a British one. But I forget. One, one of them and... was the IT crowd. Oh, IT crowd. That, yeah, that's what the it was. IT crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, and then my my honorable mention. Only fools and horses. Only fools and horses. Oh, right, 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 right. And <laughs> so my my honorable mention was Boy Meets World. Um, oh, honorable mention. I figured that would be in like your top two. Right, I I figured I had. I know, to I know, down. I know. We when you threw we Boy had, Meets we, World in. Oops, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. When you threw Boy Meets World in as the honorable mention, I I, I don't know what your third one's going to be now. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, yeah. So I threw it in because my thing was is that now I'm going to get um unless you want to throw in your third um because mine's a little on topic with what the guys are saying right now um. Yeah, my 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 third. My third... Okay, all right, then you can go. You can go with your third. Then uh, I'm going to go with coupling. Mm. Okay, yeah, that was the one that you had mentioned that I I forgot that I looked up. It, it's basically like a combination of uh, Friends and How I Met Your Mother, but British, and because it's British, it only ran for three series. Yeah. Series, that's right. I love how they like. Yeah, they don't have seasons; series. they have series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I'm like, and, and I remember somebody said like three series, and I'm like, what? You have like a bunch of spinoffs or something? And they're like, no, there's seasons. I was like, oh, I'm like, all right, why don't you just call them seasons? But whatever, because uh, it's, it's one of those things. Season. Yeah. And if you actually watch like anything through BBC, everything starts at like quarter after. Oh yeah, because it because like, like, at eight, like it's always at like quarter after eight or quarter past the hour of eight. Yeah, or, like after. I think I. I think I think that's because they um they play like a bunch of like commercials or something beforehand, right? And then it's just I, commercial free. I don't know. It's BBC. Uh, it's fucking weird. But yeah, yeah. Because you know, uh, same way as Croatian television, since we're a national television as well, we get like they do commercials before, between, and after. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, I didn't. I, I think so. Like, it's not like a it's not like a PBS thing where it's like you know brought to you by show, viewers like you. <laughs> I think before every show they have to do ten minutes of just showing the Queen's picture so people can just stand there and salute. <laughs> <laughs> just her looking sternly at you, like. Huh. All right, Josh. You want to do you want to do uh, anything about coupling, or do you want to move on? Uh, we can move on. Nobody's seen it. I mean, it's good. All right. All right. So mine is. In the same vein as what you guys have been mentioning, my number three is The Office. Okay. So wow, I was not expecting that. No, I thought that'd be higher. Oh wow, really? Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah so that's that's more of a modern favorite for me. Um, I tried watching it when it was airing, 
and it was one of those shows I just could not get into. And I think it was just because I, I think it was mostly like the first season I was watching. And now as I'm as I've been rewatching it over these last years, I've I've come to realize that it is a horrible starting point for anybody who wants to get into this show. Start with the Dundies. Season well, see, two, episode one. See, the problem with season one is they tried to go too close to the British or and and fucking mm. Steve Carell is not Ricky Gervais. Like no. Michael, Michael Scott is just not David Brent and like trying to make him that snarky bastard just didn't work. It was season no. two, once they realized we need to change this and they started letting him like try and find his own character that the show really hit its stride. Especially in season two, when they do like the Halloween episode, I think it's like five or six in and you see Michael at his uh, condo and he's like, uh, like, you know, he, you know, I forgot what he did. Oh, that was when he needed to decide between uh, Creed and um, what's his face there on who he was going to fire. And then he fired the other guy. And then um, then he went home because everybody was pissed at him because of what he tried to do. And then um, he just you just see him from a distance and he's passing out candy to all these kids and stuff. And it really like humanizes him as a character. And it's like you can tell that like they really figured out that like you can't make him like this asshole boss or whatever. You know, he's got to be the stupid, you know, um, you know, the, the lovable, stupid boss that does that just does stupid shit because he doesn't realize what he's doing. You know, season two had the injury in that season, didn't it? Yeah. 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 That's, that was really when they were hitting their, <laughs> not only with Michael, but with Dwight too. Like, I'm coming, Michael. I'm coming. Don't send Dwight. <laughs> not Dwight. Anybody but Dwight. <laughs> I burned then... my foot. How'd you do that? Michael, I stepped on my George Foreman grill. <laughs> he's like, Sumi, and that, and that whole, like, um, that whole, like, uh, like little, uh, speech that he gives or whatever about the, he's like, Sumi, he's like, I wanted, I wanted to wake up to the smell, uh, the smell of Chris um, Bacon. And since I don't have a butler bacon, to do it, I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. <laughs> so I wake up, I put the bacon yeah. on the grill, I turn the grill on, and then I go back to sleep. And then when I wake up, I wake up to the smell of crispy bacon. <laughs> And then and then Dwight's got a uh Dwight's got a concussion throughout the whole thing. And so then like he's like he's like Pam's like best friend or whatever because he like slammed his car into like the utility pole. <laughs> and like they got a like... friend. Oh shit, me and Dwight are kind of friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah, so so this one has been more of a pretty much since it went on to Netflix, um, I've started to like it because I, I was able to kind of watch through it. You know, when, you know, when there's slow times at work or, um, you know, at home or whatever, you know. Um, I find when it's like brand new and people are saying, oh, this is the funniest thing ever. I never find it funny because I I don't know if it's just anti-establishment or what. But yeah, like, yeah, the more the more people are praising something, the more like the less interest I have in it. So, like, if you give it a year or two, yeah. once people stop talking about it and you give it a fresh try, you kind of avoid the hype train and you kind of see it for what it really is. Good mm. and bad sometimes. Yeah, I mean, like, one of the like, uh, reasons that me and Sarah are soulmates, we both just despise The Office. We've seen it. You know, it's, it's not our humor. It's just <laughs> not for us. It has its moments. It's, but, my best uh, friend. For anybody who, who's seen Justin on social media, though, like, we all know what his number one is going to be. Um, he shares office memes like fucking. I really thought office was going to be his number two. 
Yeah. Well, because I too. well because I follow I follow one of like the office meme Facebook pages or whatever, and it's like it's like they share things right when like I I feel whatever they're showing or whatever, or I'm I'm relating to whatever they're showing right now, yeah, and I'm like very I gotta share it. Go, yeah. Yeah, I'm like I gotta share it because this is something that happened at my day at work. <laughs> it's like, the algorithm. Yeah, and then yeah, um, uh, my my best friend is home and she's a huge Office fan, and she mm. tried to get my girlfriend to watch a couple episodes the other night, and she just <laughs> she was she was more on Team Josh. Just no, I don't get it. Don't. Like yeah, it. yeah. My my mom and my sister are both on Team Josh. Um, I've had my grandmother sit through it, and she hates Dwight with a passion. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, my sister well, that, loves that the office. My right. well, my other my other sister loves the office, um, <laughs> but but one of them just couldn't get through it. Um, I even got my dad to get a little bit of a chuckle out of a few episodes, which he's usually not a big sitcom guy, you know. But he'll watch like hours and hours of like Two and a Half Men for some reason. I'm like, how do you even Oof. like this show? But Oof. yeah, what, Charlie or fucking Ashton. Uh, the Charlie ones. Okay, well, that, that's slightly um, but I, more. But I think it's just more. Yeah. I, I think it's just more that he like gets a kick out of some of it, and then he ends up falling asleep through some of it. So oh, yeah, and then it's so boring that it kind of just zones out. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So this this one is number three, mostly because my top two are more, I'll say, childhood favorites that I just could not get this one, and mo- it's mostly because of the last two seasons. I. I I try not watching. I try not watching the last two seasons at all of The Office. Um, well, and, there's and a few. Andrew said you cut out the first season, so yeah, you're yeah. You're running. Well, well, I don't. I don't cut out talk, the. The longer yeah. you talk, the less the show ends up being there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the first the first season, if you cut off the first episode, the rest of it is all right. Um, but it's like it just lacks a little bit of it something. Just, I'll I'll watch the other ones. It hasn't hit its stride at all. Yeah, yeah. like it like like diverse characters are yet. Yeah, like my one of my favorite episodes is Diversity Day, and that's the, yeah. I think like the second episode of the series. And like, um, okay. yeah, <laughs> and then um, you know, so like you have those few episodes at the beginning, which the first season is only six episodes anyway. So, um, you know, and half of those are pretty good. And then, you know, you have seasons two, three, four, five is the best one to me. Um, like, and then uh, you have when they start mixing Craig Robinson in a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not when he becomes like almost fucking full time, but like just the, the couple of times where he's like, yeah. So when I have to go on road trips with Michael, I just tell him a bunch of fake things that he th- he thinks black people <laughs> would say, like Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, I always tell people, catch it on the flippity flip. That's the one, yeah. Like. <laughs> I will say, of all those people uh, and all the various things they've done over the years, like I guess Parks and Rec is kind of okay. 30 Rock had its moments. Um, the movie, This is the End, absolutely mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. And Craig Robinson is the absolute standout. Uh, Craig Robinson's been good in a lot of Adam yeah. Sandler stuff where nobody else has been, so. Yeah. He was he was also really good in uh the black Hot Tub Kevin, Time um, Machine. What the hell is his name? Kevin James? Yes. Almost yeah, he was, he was... No, he's black Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was really good in uh Hot Tub Time Machine too. That's not yeah, that's not a great movie, but um him what? him and uh Little Dwight are in it. 
when he calls his like twelve year old wife and he's just like, Please take me back, baby and the girl's just sitting on the phone <laughs> terrified. It's like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's just a, and and I kind of feel bad that now he's just like the Pizza Hut commercial guy, but it's like I don't know. I guess that's what you and get, you know, when it's a pandemic. I've got, I, I will always love the Office for is it gave Patrice O'Neill a job. Oh Damn. yeah, yeah. No, he's, not he's a hilarious guy. And like that guy was fucking yeah. hilarious, but he just did not have any fucks to give. So like he never yeah, got sad. any kind of fucking chance. So like when he does a pop up in something, like I really do appreciate it now because it's like ah oh, the. Fuck, I'm a one of one of one of my favorite one of my favorite lines from him is when they're down in the office and uh, Michael's trying to be like one of the guys or whatever, and he makes he makes the biggest mess in the warehouse, and he's like, "Oh, somebody will clean it up." And then Patrice just goes, "We're the ones that go." Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Craig Robinson goes, "We're the ones that gonna." And and then you just hear Patrice O'Neill go, "Damn it, Michael!" Yeah. <laughs> I was it's like, screaming oh. from the back, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I I would say seasons through two through seven are good, are and then solid, once yeah. yeah, and then once Michael leaves, it just loses something, and they try too hard, and then Andy as boss is dumb. Um, there's there are a few episodes like Work Bus. I really like Work Bus. Um, that's after he leaves. Um, and then like towards the end of the show, a lot of those are pretty good. Um. You know, like the finale is really good, although I wish there was a little more Michael in it or whatever. Um, in that final season, they tried to go to fucking subvert expectations on it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Jim I didn't like, I don't like Boom Mike guy. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, Jim and Pam fighting most of the season. The best part was when fucking, <laughs> who was it named fucking Kid Plop? He's like, well, oh, all, yeah. my friends, all my friends call me Plop now, so I yeah. guess I got fatted to being on the show. <laughs> like, Although I did, I did enjoy um, the two episodes. I think it's in season nine. One is the one with Jan when she comes back as like the person who runs like the white pages or something, and they sick uh, um, little Dwight on her. <laughs> like, like episode, uh, the best episode with Jan is when she shows back up with the kid, and Michael keeps calling her ass turd. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 it's stupid, but it's fucking hilarious. Like, yeah, that that cold open Astrid, is Michael. Stop calling my yeah. dial ass turd. <laughs> <laughs> and that cold open is hilarious too, because it's it's him preparing for the birth, and <laughs> and Dwight has a watermelon stuck to his yeah. stomach or whatever, and he's like, "I'm groaning, I'm groaning." He's like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the watermelon comes out of his crotch, and. <laughs> And he's like, oh, he's like, why is it so slippery? He's like, it's covered in butter, Michael. Babies are slippery. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? And then he's like, he's like, uh, and then when the ba- when Astrid comes in, uh, Dwight's like, nobody will ever know it's Michael's. So he didn't get to mark him because <laughs> he wanted like to mark the kid with a special mark or something on with a marker. It was hilarious. Yeah. All right, so. Enough of the office, I guess. Uh, Brent, uh, Brent, you got a number two? Okay, the granddaddy of all modern fucking sitcoms, MASH. Okay, yeah, well, I kind of mentioned that one earlier. A big ensemble cast, like, uh, everyone a decent fucking actor that has popped up in a hundred fucking thousand things since then. If mm. And it's one of the few shows, like, as old as what it is. Well, it, la- it lasted something like three times as long as the war that it was based on. And uh, 
for as old as what it is, it's still actually fairly relevant to today. Like, there's a lot of, like, the situations, like, especially if you have friends that are in the army or, like, in the medical fucking arm of it. Like, some of the fucking things that they complain about are still the exact same as what the MASH doctors were complaining about back then. And it's it's actually a really smartly done fucking sitcom. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, was it was definitely a big MASH fan. It was not my scene, but I understand, that, like, good. MASH definitely seems like a Lance show, yeah. Hello? Yep, basically oh. started off as a movie first, though, and then just that. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it started as a book, and then they adapted the book oh, into a movie. Oh, yeah. And then it did okay, but then they made it a TV show, and it fucking, that's where it yeah, TV show was really yeah, and very like, trying a lot more. Yeah, but like, it was one of those shows where like political correctness just never ever was a factor, and you can tell by some of the characters' names if you watch the early seasons. Yeah, but at the same time, like that's one of those shows that would never ever get made today. Probably. No, so I mean, so is The Office. <laughs> The office, fucking Archie Bunker, you'd never, never get away. About. You'd never get away with all in the family today, like. Yeah. Which is sad because, like, I learned a lot of life lessons from Archie Bunker. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, like, not from like repeating what Archie did, but like seeing how it always came back to bite him in the ass. It's like, yeah, okay, you learn a lot from fucking TV, like. So. Yeah, Mash Mash was one that I I used to watch um kind of um my dad my dad would watch that every once in a while. That was another one he'd throw on. Um but yeah, that that wasn't one that I constantly watched, but it was it was a good episode and it's kind of weird that that is like still I think the highest um rated or the highest what or most watched finale I, I think in TV history. Finale. Cheers finale beat it, and then Did I it? believe Friends finale beat that. Oh, I thought, it was, still, I thought it. it was still number one. Sopranos. So, well, I, I'm just talking sitcoms themselves. Right? Yeah. But yeah, there, there's oh, been a few shows that have done they... it since, but like, that held the fucking record for like 25 years. Like That went a long mm. time, was the most viewed episode of anything ever. All right, so uh, let me uh, let me just jump in with John's uh, list because I uh, I just found it in the chat stuff. So uh, Cheers was actually number four on his list. Okay. All right, well hold mm-hmm. that one because that's yeah. Okay. Uh, Office Office was number three on his list as well. Um, and then uh, we can hold probably two and one if you want because his yeah we'll just we'll just hold two and one. So, yeah, we'll, we'll throw his in as we go around with the next couple rounds. Yeah. yeah. All right, Milos, you want to go with uh, your uh, um, yeah, number, number two? two? My yeah. number two is uh, going to be a childhood favorite of mine. Uh, one that surprisingly my mom actually didn't really let us watch. Sneak around and find ways around it. Oh, um, I hope you say Golden Girls. <laughs> no, uh, you're not that lucky. Uh, it's actually come in the middle. Okay, oh, oh, right. Right. I love that one, Brian Cranston. And, oh yeah, yeah, that was a Brian Cranston. Yeah. But uh, 
generally, like to this day, I can still fuck in any episode and laugh my ass off. And I think yeah. that's, you know, generally that's a, that's just funny. The cast, the cast is like the, the way they assemble the cast, the way those guys work together is just like they, they make the show. And it's generally just so freaking funny. Yep. You know, uh, Frankie Muniz is trying to be a NASCAR driver or something now. So say yeah. Frankie Muniz is trying to be relevant. <laughs> I yeah, thought it yeah, was yeah, pretty much. I thought it was very strong and brave of Rogue One to put fucking Stevie in it as fucking uh, what's his name, Wheezy McFucking Cockbag. Yeah, Stevie. Why can't I can't remember the character? Johnny Wilcher. Yeah, he was in Rogue One. He was. Forrest, the, the the black fella? <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's character. What was his name? Sagarera, that's it. Fuck why did that take so long? Oh I don't know. I, I just I just call him I just call him Forrest Whitaker's character because I can never oh, remember no, the name. That's that's growing up Stevie. That's not actually Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> uh, no, really? Uh, no, not really. No. I'm just being an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's who he was fucking channeling was fucking Stevie from Malcolm oh. in the Middle. <laughs> pretty much. Oh. So, because yeah, the Guerrero character never really, get, yeah, you see him the whole. I oh, think he's, uh, he's got the breathing thing. He's got the robot legs. It's I'm pretty sure yeah. that's who he was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think now now that I'm thinking about it, this one, Malcolm in the Middle, was probably the first one that really did that whole no studio a studio audience no laugh track type of thing. Uh, I think no, there, it, there was quite a few over the years just. Yeah, one of the, the first ones before, that really got before, Malcolm, before Malcolm in the Middle in America. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. No, mid '90s there was a lot of those. Like most of them did have laugh tracks, but there was a lot that weren't yeah. like fucking studio audience all the time. Mm. Usually, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was true of designing women or just nobody laughed. Yeah. Well, mm. I mean, Delta Burke. Yeah, that's the funniest thing about that show was just her name. Um, so I think I missed the number three spot because we're all doing number twos. Yes. Oh, uh, no, no. I thought yours was coupling, no? Yes. No, I gave part. you three honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Oh, oh, I thought, I thought, okay. oh, I thought coupling was your number three. My bad. So my number three, um, you know, I was thinking about it. Always Sunny just has kind of fallen off over the years. So Sarah and I definitely share this one. Married with children. Solid. Yep. That is a yep. solid pick. It is. I actually yeah, thought about that one just because on that of one. my connection. Still holds me. up. On the account that we both sell shoes, but I'm not married and no kids, thankfully. So, um, I can remember when that show first aired. I can remember when that show got a big fucking bunch of fucking media buzz because they were reincarnating the dog. Yeah, I remember, I remember that, that show. That was terrible. Mm. Oh, it was terrible, but like that was talked about from like on everything. Like, oh, yeah. Entertainment Tonight wouldn't shut up for about three weeks because Buck was fucking leaving and they were going to have reincarnate into something. What's it going to be? Yep. And then it was a. I remember game. Steve. <laughs> yes. Wow, yeah. Yeah. In time before Jefferson. <laughs> well, that, that's another thing that was never going to get remade today. If for nothing else, on the account of all the fat shaming. Well, I think oh, yeah, also, no, like, there, 
there's nothing about any of the shows that I'm going to pick that they could do today, and I'm happy about oh, that. True. Uh, uh, I fucking... got the entire, entire series on DVD for like 20 bucks one day, and I was like, yes, please. Ed O'Neill and the girl who plays Mercy fucking hate each other. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, Katie uh, Siegel? Uh, no, Katie Siegel. No, no, Amanda Burst. No. That's the one, Amanda uh, Burst. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They cannot fucking stand each other even a little bit. Like, if yeah. you listen to interviews about, like, they'll start talking about the cast and how good it is, and neither one can resist throwing a dig at the other one. They fucking can't stand <laughs> each other, and it's glorious to watch. Yep. Also, Ed, also, Ed O'Neill, he'll be there trying to be the nicest fucking kind of guy ever, and then as soon as he says Amanda Beers, it's like, oh, here it comes. Like, it's his Scott Steiner fucking trigger. Like. Just waiting for her to start going off like, yeah, fat bastards. <laughs> yeah, I think also you couldn't redo that show mostly because I don't think you'd be able to buy a house like that on a shoe uh, a shoe salesman's salary oh, nowadays. So, if you're you the know. manager, you would. <laughs> mm. oh, debatable. debatable. Yeah. I, had, um, I still think the only reason he had that much money was because Peg was a hooker. Yeah. So our, our number two, mine, I'll do hers first because it's going to be different. She still swears by Family Guy. Uh, she likes to binge uh-huh. shit. And we went through the entire series and I showed her like in real time how awful it got in like the last six years. But yeah, she's yeah. still trucking along with it. Oh, well, Peter. My number two, which it's was her dad's the... favorite, Stanford and Son. Ooh. Oh, boy. Another <laughs> show that I have the entire series. Got it for like 20 bucks. Yeah, Red Fox wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good. Red that was Fox, a good show. And you got uh, Lamont and Aunt Esther, and uh, apparently Sarah's dad used to just always walk into the room and be like, "This is the big one. That's it." <laughs> and uh, I've been doing that my whole life, so you know, we we yeah. figured that out early on. She's like, "Yeah, we're meant for each other." Yep, that's that's a sign. <laughs> Yeah, Stanford and Sons was was a pretty good one. That was also another one that obviously I didn't really watch a whole lot, but uh, yeah, no, that was that was a good one. Every time I flipped it on, just watch it now because it's such an easy watch and it's so fucking funny. And if you know anything at all about the culture in the seventies at that time, it Mm -hmm. still holds up in Mm -hmm. you know as a time capsule. Yep. And I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna guess that none of you can predict my number one. Oh, let's hold yeah, off on that one. No, I really can't, but yeah, we'll figure that uh, out. Yeah, well, I guess here. since well, I, I guess since uh, first. Uh, so Macy's and, number two was uh, Frazier. Okay, That's, I could yeah. see that for John. Yeah, That's and so be to my number one. Yeah, and He's then probably gonna have the same number one as me. And I'm also and I'm also gonna spoil. Well, okay. Um. Well, do you want me to tell you what his number one is? No, do your yeah. number two first. Okay, well, my, my my number two is his number one. Okay, well, so then hold it. Okay, hold it. all right, because because I think this is I think this is Milos's number one. So yeah, we'll it. hold off on my number two. So we're gonna punt yeah. it. Um, and so actually, no, because now Brent, uh, what's your number one? Cheers. Cheers, yes. Everybody Although, knows you. I need. do want to throw it was really hard not to put Golden Girls on this list somewhere. <laughs> even, even though it is a bunch of 60 year olds talking about how they can't get laid in Florida. Like 
Just Thank you for being a friend. There's something about that show that just always stuck. But yeah, Cheers is my number one. And not only Cheers, but it spins off after Cheers into fucking, what was it, 17 years of Frasier? Yep. Yep. So like, yeah, yeah, longevity alone. Great ensemble cast fucking sitcom. Oh, 17 like, years and 18 once the new one starts or whatever they're doing with the new one. Well, well 17 and counting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going like to be a little controversial uh, here. For not picking anything Canadian. If he had said corner gas, I was going to hang up on him. <laughs> oh, corner gas is fucking <laughs> terrible. Although, if you, do, if you do want a somewhat funny fucking Canadian show, Letter Kenny is pretty good. I figured you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You shared a few uh, clips it, of that it, one. It, and I've watched a few of those. It's not good enough to go in my top five, but like for a Canadian show, that one actually has some generally funny moments. Like, oh, Sarah enjoys that one. She tried to get me to watch it, so there you go. Yeah, if yeah. I made a top five, Cheers would be number five. Um, I, 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 I really do love that show. Um, I actually just rewatched most of the seasons about a year and a half ago. Um, it, I think right before it got kicked off of Netflix, it's and, a little dated at spots, but for yeah. the most part, it's actually still pretty watchable. Like, yeah. Plus, plus like me growing up in this area, like yeah. a lot of the stuff they mentioned, you know, and I, and I watched it when I was a kid and, uh, both in, well, not really in real time because it ended in what, 93. So I was like three years old. Yeah. So I didn't watch it in, in real time, but I watched it in reruns all the time. Oh, and yeah, I just man. loved it, and and I'm gonna and tell Cheer, you, Cheers has lived a healthy life in reruns. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I'm and I'm gonna tell you, this is a little controversial. Yeah, I, I think, think. It's also the show they gave us, Woody, Woody, Woody Allen mm-hmm. debuted on that show. Yeah, Woody Coach, Allen. Yeah, Coach, Woody, the character, Coach. the character Woody mm-hmm. fucking replaced was fucking excellent. Which um, um a little, a little uh, personal side note on Coach. He's actually from uh, near me. Yep. Um, yep. and he's actually buried, he's actually buried in Providence, yep. um, at one of the cemeteries, which I had no idea about. And I've kind of wanted to go and see his grave maybe, but I don't know. I thought that'd be kind of a little weird, but, uh, a little bit, yeah, a little I didn't, bit morbid, but, still yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, cause I had no idea that he was really from this area and everything like that. And I guess I could have, if I really like focused in a little bit, cause he really sounded like yep. a Rhode yeah, Islander. Fucking, uh, Barry Allen <laughs> meme. Fucking yeah. Karen makes one YouTube video. It's going to Coach's grave, and he instantly Jake Pauls himself. It, it's oh, going to be him doing the Barry Allen meme for the uh, Stephen Amell grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. Here's something controversial about uh, 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 Cheers. I prefer the Chris, Chris, uh, Kirstie Alley years as opposed to the oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Diane years. Which I, I know, I know I a lot of people, you know, Sam and that. Diane, stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. But I, I liked, I liked Sam's dynamic with, uh, Rebecca as opposed to Sam's dynamic, dynamic with Diane for some Sam reason. Sam and Diane were good in season one and her last yeah. season. Yeah. And then in between it was like, yeah. Like, yeah. And especially the whole thing with Frasier and stuff. And it's like. But like, like on the in-betweens, you, you get characters like Coach and Carla yep. and fucking. Uh, uh, Norm. Norm, 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 and Cliff. Cliff Clavin Cliff. is one of the best characters on television. <laughs> like, yep. I can't. I can't remember. Full of himself. I can't remember how many times I think like my uh, somebody who who was it that kept comparing me to Cliff Clavin, and I'm like, you shut your mouth. I think I might have. I was like, if 
I was like, if you're if you're gonna compare me to anybody, you compare me to Norm. No, you were the quick player. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, that that's a great show though. And, One of my uh, favorite episodes is when Cliff goes on Jeopardy and Norman oh. in the crowd, and like Cliff is fucking <laughs> rolling. Like he gets almost everything right. Like there's hardly anything that he doesn't get. It's fucking like and he's like and he's like and, and he's end, like a sweaty like, mess. Hey, Mr. Peterson. Why does Mr. Clavin's face look like that? Woody, that's the face of a man who just bet everything he has on a question he has no clue what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> and and funny enough, that's the that well, that was the first Jeopardy related thing that Woody Allen was a part of. I mean, not not Woody Allen. Uh, Woody Harrelson Woody Allen. was a part of. Yeah, I was waiting I for you guys to correct yourselves. You all said Woody Allen, and I was just sitting on it. Yeah, no, no, I Woody said Woody Harrelson, but it uh, got lost in translation. I think. I didn't hear you. But um, um Woody but Allen also I was like when yeah. when was the Allen in Cheers exactly because I missed those episodes. Right. But uh but Woody Harrelson in um uh oh, White Man in White Man Can't Jump. Uh they also, you know, Rosie Perez famously goes on Jeopardy in that movie and so that's like the second Jeopardy connection for him. Yeah. I totally forgot about that episode where Cliff goes to Jeopardy. And, but, like, there's yeah, another show where, that. like, people that you, like, seen in a hundred thousand things pop up for, like, early in their career. Like, fucking mm. Kevin Conroy shows up as, like, a face character. And it's like, holy shit, I know that voice. And when you look up, it's, there's Kevin Conroy. Mm. Right? Uh, fucking Kevin McHale shows up for an episode or two. Uh, yep. Wade Boggs uh, shows up in an episode or two. Yep. Um, I think, did Dennis Eckersley think? I think he might have. I think have. so. He, might, he was um, there for one of the cold opens. And yeah, then Woody, and then he walks in and he talks to Woody, and Woody's just so stupid he just gets up and walks the fuck away. It's but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and then like politicians have been on that show and stuff. So it, you know, it was really a, a, a like a Boston New England type of thing, and uh, it really like you know, I, I guess not brought recognition to the area for that time, but I mean, it was really like kind of like a stomping ground for everybody who wanted to say something about Boston or New England. You know, you'd go in there and you know say something or, you know, visit and, you know, make a laugh or two or whatever. Um, I think, uh, who, who was it? Um, what's his face there? Speaker of the house in the eighties. Uh, shit. Why am I spacing on his name? He was in an episode. Ross Bro? No, no. Uh, shit. Why am I no, I'm forgetting his name, but he was, he was in there too. Uh, cause he was from Boston. Uh, but yeah, anyway, no, I'll, I'll 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 look it up. Um, all right, Milos, what's your number one? Seinfeld. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Which is my number two? There it is. Okay, okay. Number one. <laughs> I so was this? Higher yet. Yeah. All right. So this. So this was. So this was the one that you guys didn't think was on my list, or wouldn't have guessed it was on my list. All right. I, I would have thought that'd be like somewhere in your top ten, but not that high. I thought. Yeah. You know, no. It's. One, yeah. It's. it's not... Did you just? I mean, Jenner. Yeah. No, that was my grandfather. Oh, Grandpa Meatballs. Because the yeah, because the TV thing, the thingy is on or whatever. He's all like, you know, beside himself or whatever. All right. Uh. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, Seinfeld is, uh, yeah, Seinfeld is my number two. Your number one, Macy's number one. Milos, you want to go ahead and 
and talk about the greatness that is Kramer? Greatest character ever made, man. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong with Kramer. Unless you're playing. Plus, 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 this show, this show is like hilarious because it really, truly is a show about nothing, but it's really like day-to-day things that you would do or somebody else would do, and then the predicaments that these people get themselves into. And there's so many times where I relate, like, um, you know, certain characters to like family members or or, or certain characters to just people I know in life, and it's just like, yeah, that that's happened to me. I will say though, for as far as, as great as this show is, certain moments, episodes, times, like half the season, where Jason Alexander is just a bit too much. Well, it's yeah, I mean, he. When Seinfeld started getting big, I was like, why is the retarded janitor from UHF like famous now? <laughs> but I mean, for all the faults in his character, and sometimes it really gets to be annoying, but it's like. He still plays him great. Like, you gotta be, you know. Oh, yeah. That, that's another one where the cast was stellar. Especially once oh, you yeah. start getting, like... Uh, I, I wasn't huge on most of the main cast. But once you started getting, like, George's parents, Jerry's uncle, fucking Newman. Yep. Like, the show Newman, yep. made made its fucking bread and butter on those B characters that just popped up once in a while. Dude, oh, yeah. Jerry, everybody Newman. cameoed on that thing. It was like the Star Trek <laughs> sitcom. Yep. I mean, I love me some Seinfeld, but having gone through the whole series when it came out and then watching it with my sister, I realized that it's so dated that like 90% of it wouldn't be able to hold up under even just simple cell phone technology. Very topical over the time. And yeah, it's not that time no more. So the topicalness just gone. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think even Jerry at one point, it is. He did talk about, like, you know, he was out there and, like, he just got so focused on writing the show at the time that it's like he totally, like, you know, he walked, I think, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened here, but it's like he walked into a store and he bought, and he saw somebody buying, buying a prepaid car for the, for a phone. He's like, I had no idea what that was. Because yeah. he was, like, so focused yeah. on writing. Well, that well, that's the thing. A lot of like, everything that was happening. Rounded. A lot of sitcoms, a lot of sitcoms that were picked up from stand-up comedians. That the curse. They yep. pick it up. They say, "Oh, that stand-up is great." Write a show around it, and then they're so glued into doing the show that they don't do any new stand-up, which is where the material came from in the first place, and it just stagnates. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, you look at like Life with Louis, or not Life with Louis. Uh, Lucky Louis. Yeah, Louis. Louis Anderson, uh, Kevin yeah. James is another one with King of Queens. Like after four or five seasons, that just stagnated. Like we're gonna talk about Fox Kids' Life of Louis. <laughs> wrong, wrong Louis. Oh, Louis Anderson was wrong. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Harry Anderson was like, in a lot of stuff. I think Seinfeld is the best possible example of syndication. Because mm-hmm. there are a number of really great episodes, but there's also a ton that just are forgettable or not there's even a that good. Lot of they ran, yeah. they ran the best ones over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and like there's a whole pop culture remembering of the show that's different from the show itself. Like there's yeah. a whole well, even, season uh, where they go to a pilot for for the show Jerry that they're writing, and like Kramer goes to Hollywood and. 
might yep. or might not have been a serial killer. Like it's fucking mm-hmm. weird to rewatch that. Yep. Honestly, yeah. honestly, even even the weird episodes and the bad episodes, they still have like jokes and situations in them that still make me laugh. Every Every episode has its moment, but not every episode is like memorable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I, I know a lot of people kind of shit on like the the back half of Seinfeld, like the uh, the seasons, like the later seasons. I actually really like the later seasons. Um, you I know, do and, too, but I think that yeah, just because George it was more like more. Yeah, it becomes the Costanza show more so than Seinfeld after a certain. Yeah, period. yeah, that's true. I guess I don't know because I think I think Jerry's character has like a, a ceiling, but everybody else. Um, was able to kind of expand on their characters, like like Jason Alexander one time talked about how once he found out that George was uh, Larry David, that uh, he just kind of went crazy with him, and he, just he went over the top and it's, yeah, and then he was nowhere near what Larry David actually was. Yeah, 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 and he just like tried his best or whatever, and like and like he just went with it. You know, um, I mean, even Elaine, like Elaine, like she kind of like bursted out of her shell a little bit. I mean, uh, Kramer, I mean, Kramer, I mean, you know, you could go all kinds of craziness with Kramer. Well, Elaine, um, you know, Elaine, but... Elaine has the same behind the story as what D is on Always Sunny, where like originally mm. those first season or two, it was just written to be the girl in the group. And then yeah. after a while, the actress was like, you know, I can actually do stuff. And then once she started well, talking to the writers, mm. it actually kind of turned into a full character instead of just being the girl. Well, also, kind of, kind of going back to my honorable mention, Boy Meets World. That kind of happened with Topanga too. Oh, Topanga was just was just a, on a couple of episodes here and there in the first season, and then yep. they slowly integrated her back into the show, where she became a focal point of the show. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, also, you know, that that I tends to happen. Be, we would be remiss as giant pop culture nerds if we didn't mention that her father was played by a monkey. Yep. <laughs> Not like the actual furred monkeys. Yeah, like, uh, no, not yeah. Like monkeys. hey, 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 with the monkeys. Yeah. Yep. Peter Tork. <laughs> and uh, I think I think they did actually recast her though because her her father I think originally was um what's his face there um uh why am I forgetting his name from Clue um oh uh, not fucking <sighs> Tim Curry not. No, not Tim Curry. No, um, what's his face there? Is it the not the the professor? No, um, not the professor. Um, oh shit. Um, the the one that the one in one of the endings, he's like the he pretends to be the secret agent guy or whatever. Oh, what the hell is his name? It's like McLean or something. Or hold on, oh, he's gonna drive me nuts. No, hold on. No, he he was. He has to look it up, otherwise he's gonna go insane. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. I am doing it right Boy now. Boy World also pulled off one of those '90s tropes that I loved so much, with it like they just on the spot recast an actor. Michael McKean. Michael McKean. Okay. Yeah, he he was he was her father in uh oh, what, what episode was it? I think it was the one where um the Philadelphia episode where they move to Pittsburgh. Mm. And then yeah. she comes back, and then they're getting like divorced or something. And then I think later on, um, the guy from the monkeys, um, is her father or something. But yeah, she, he he, they recast her parents like two or three times. Yeah, they did that a lot in that show. It was a 
but they, yeah. they also recast his little sister, Corey's little sister. Yeah, they did. She was upstairs for three years. Well, they do. <laughs> well, no. She, she and I love how they made her actress. Made they handled her more like. Her well, I, I know she was. Uh, I'm saying that was the excuse they gave. She comes downstairs and she's like, "I've been upstairs for so long. I'm a different person." Mr. Green. Yeah. That's who. We, that's who he was in Clue. That's right. That's right. Okay. Mr. Green. Yeah. But uh. So anyway, yeah. So Seinfeld, great, great show, great show. Um, still makes me laugh to this day. We were watching it today. Um, in the break room at work. And um, because one of the other girls likes it, and uh, uh, it was actually the episode one with the uh, Lori. Are you counting yourself as a girl now? Or like, wow, wow, is, is Karen whatever. gone beyond a clever nickname or uh, whatever? You know what I mean. <laughs> I were you know a what girl. I mean. One of the girls, Wait, one of the girls, in the office. I were a girl. No, I said one of the other girls, implying that he's one of the girls. <laughs> no, no, I know, but I know, but I'm quoting his number one show so. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so um, right. we were watching. And it was uh, Lori Laughlin was on it. It was on an episode, and we were laughing about how you know this was before she went to jail and stuff. Anyway, just all right. Say, so I think the last thing I seen her do was time. Unfortunately, mm. <laughs> I have to go, but I will leave you right. with my number one. Cool. Oh, this. Any guesses? Um, uh, always sunny. Although it's probably not that. I already said oh, always sunny. I know. Yeah. Gentlemen, I will take you back to the Regal Beagle for Three's Company. Oh, come and knock on my door. Best sitcom of all time. There I always go. wondered if Jack Tripper was actually like named as a fucking writer's gag as Jack the Ripper, Jack T. Ripper. And uh, shut the room down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you boys. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm sure Justin's all right, friend. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go, Josh. Uh, you just spoiled my number one. Uh, so that is um, really not a spoiler. I know. So that's, I think that's like I think, saying, "Holy shit, Black Panther's going to be an African American." <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, spoiler. technically. Technically, he's not an African American. He's an African. Yeah, but he's a foreign dignitary, so I'm sure he can get fucking dual citizenship. Diplomatic community. <laughs> Diplomatic community. That's a that's a di- that's a different Africa. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I think uh, what I'm I'm the last one now. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah, so was John's number one. There was Nilo's yep. number one. So here we go. So to end the grand finale, because we're I think we're running close to the two hour mark. Um, my number one is friends, and they will always be there for you. And I don't care what any of you people say about this show. Thankfully, Josh is gone. Thankfully, Brendan isn't on this show. I love this show since I was a child yeah, until now. He's one of the stupidest will, things out there. Like, I will always love this show. I will always love this show. This show is great. I, uh, you know, yeah, sure. There are a couple of seasons, couple of episodes, couple of parts where it's like really boring, really blah. But it's like even then, I can find funny parts to make me keep going. And I own this on DVD. I've watched through this series multiple, multiple times. This is a classic. This is great. 
Now you two shit on it. My stepsister <laughs> and my best friend used to fucking love it. And I never, ever got into it. Candler had a so, few moments every episode that make me go, huh, but that's about it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can still find far, parts in it that are funny. Uh, I rewatched the show last couple of years. Some point, just sat through it uh, while it was on Netflix. It was leaving Netflix, and I was like, mm, might as well binge it before it ends, just so I can like say I watched it. So I watched pieces of it when I was a kid, but never really got. I think most of it over my head at the time. It's like I still think like most of the like I can't really shit on it too much. I will say this: the whole Ross and Rachel uh, got to end up together. I think that killed the major part of the plot. Uh, they had really good. Uh, chance i'd say to fix it when emily came along he was supposed to marry her he should have married emily but like you know yes it's funny in pieces uh, i don't really care about the laughing tracks that much i can still watch bits and pieces of it laugh my ass off uh i can't give it a number one spot just because the plot of it at parts really annoys me yeah it's it's another one yeah. for me, like Seinfeld, where like every episode has its moments, but none of them are like, not every episode is super memorable. If that like sounds like a kind of cliche thing to say, but it's it's actually very true. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it's... and the thing is, like, you have a big part of like today's generation uh, that grew up on it, watched it, or whatever. So it's like friends are never gonna. I don't think they ever fall out of favor or whatever you want to, you know. I don't think well, there has been. You know. Well, there has been there has been kind of a uh, pushback by Gen Z mostly uh, on Friends and how how white it is and stuff like Hashtag that. Which Friends too white. Yeah, which to be fair, for one, there was a black version of Friends. It was called Living Single. So if any of you people yeah. who want to poo poo on Friends for it, go watch that show. That was a great show as well. Um, also. Um, you also have to realize who these characters were. It was a bunch of middle to middle uh, to upper middle class um, white people who came. From, I mean, Ross, uh, Ross and um, Monica, um, you know, come from money. So does Rachel. Rachel comes from money. Proto- they all they were, they were prototype hipsters. Yeah, and I mean, they They're all like came from version. Long Island. Yeah. They all they were all transplants from Long Island into the city. Um, Chandler kind of comes from money. Um, the only people that didn't come from money were Phoebe and, uh, Joey, you know what I mean? But, but it's like, but it's like Joey is a New Yorker, you know what I mean? He grew up in, uh, uh, Queens, you know what I mean? And stuff like that, you know, very Italian family. And Phoebe's got that whole starving artist thing. So like they can't be rich. Like it's, yeah, Mm. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have, you have four decent paying jobs. Yeah, and and they all have decent paying jobs where, um, where they're able to you know just sit in a coffee shop in the middle of the day. You know, what I mean, in, uh, in the village, which you know has Most become more place to live. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which has become more gentrified now. But even back in the nineties, like you know, I don't really think you would find many minorities in that area of New York. I mean, you know, so I can see. I can see where people would kind of shit on it now because of how diverse we were becoming. But back then, well, that's, that's the it thing. made like, sense for the time. You could, 
you could have put in a black waitress at the coffee house, but then people would be complaining that, oh, she's doing a slave job. And it's like, there's no way to please people unless you would have made something. Yeah, you're talking about black. Gen Z and they're going to find, like, yeah, That's the thing, things. like, if, if there's no one that's black on the writing staff, isn't it more racist for them to think they know how to write a black person than it would be to yeah, and even that many Yeah, and even Lisa... Yeah, and even Lisa Kudrow has come out recently, and even though she said something about there not being enough black characters on the show, she said that the writers really wouldn't have had a uh, a, a leg to like yeah a voice to do it for right? yeah yeah like you're gonna you're gonna make a voice for somebody that you for one probably don't even know two don't even talk to three have never really like gotten an explanation about their life. And it's yeah, like, like so you're and the only stereotype of what you think this kind of person yeah. is and that, and and, that you can apply and the closest... that. Just think, think Fez in the 70s show. But you, you can apply no. that mm. to anything today where it's like, oh, well, we need a gay character and we need a black character and we need a this character mm. and we need a this character. And the whole writing room is white. So it's really just stereotypes of what they think these idealized class groups are. And, and I mean, yeah, sure, the, the, the closest they got was Aisha Taylor. But... They're not actual characters that people relate to because there's no real character there. It's just a mix of stereotypes from a, a group of people that have nothing to do with this group that's being written. The only reason that they're there is because they have to throw them in or the progressive crowd's going to get pissed the fuck off. And it yeah, just comes across where they have no soul as a character. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that's where you end up with today's show. Like, look at today's yeah. show and, like, all the writing that we complain about just because exactly. they're writing a black character, they're writing a transgender. They're writing a stereotype, and a not a character. And they, yeah. Exactly. And then it's, like, writing just sucks because, like, there's no soul to it. And but I don't, I don't... They go around and be like, ah, oh, but if you don't like it, you're racist. But oh, that's the thing. See, I, and they'll writing. go, oh, well, this She-Hulk is directed and written by women, and it's like, okay, but do they have any idea of what it's like to be any other kind of person, or is it just that? And so far from what the writing has been, it's just that. Like, Yeah, I mean, I like, the okay, problem well, is, is that you can, you, can, you can have, like, characters written by the people that mm-hmm. are, you know, that are from that experience. I mean, you can also have characters that are written well by people who aren't black and write black yes, characters like or aren't white time, and write white characters. Most but, of the time, the people writing those yeah. characters have a black best friend or a gay best friend, yeah. and they actually know or, what those people are like. Or have been somewhat, yeah, or somewhat yeah, live in the, the neighborhood or in this sort of experience. But you have to look like, at the times where it's written and the times where it's said. Like, we touched up on Bill Birds. Like, you know, he brings up the point in his last special. It's like, you know, you try to you know, when Sean Connery died, it's like, oh, he went around, he said you had to slap women. Yeah, but look at the product. That was, he was the product of his time, and he said that in well, the yeah. 60s. Everybody did that in the 60s. Like, when you yeah, look at the like, Friends and when they were written, it's like, well, no. It doesn't mean, like, it's, you look it doesn't at mean it's right, but it was a thing that happened, exactly. so you can't hold mm-hmm. that against. Everybody like John was, Wayne, you know, like, Oh, John Wayne said some racist shit. It's like, yeah, he grew up in the fucking 50s. Everybody said yeah. racist shit back then, like, Exactly. Just like look there's at not the one time. person. Because, there's know. not one person I know that can't think of some time that they talked to a grandparent or like a grandparent's sibling, and the conversation just went a little off the fucking rails because that's just how they grew up. They grew up. Yep. Oh, the church. The church is everything. This group was fucking terrible. This group. Is ter- We've grown as a society since then, but those people are still kind of stuck back there. Like when the Duck Dynasty guy fucking said what he said. Like bill burr has to do with that it's like can you believe he said it and it's like yeah i fucking can like he's 80 mm. and he's a fucking hillbilly what do you think he was thinking i mean that's that's what happens yo, yo. when you that's what happens when you open up social media because what social media has done 
it's it's let it's let the the you know high high class white girl in you know Encino California or whatever you know um you know meet up with you know the lower class uh swamp guy in like the mountains of Virginia you know what i mean and, and now it's like a cool team up to everybody they team up with the 90s church mom who wanted to shut down everything with censorship and like it's mm. yeah the worst parts of society over the last 30 years all melded together to become this side and everyone that just wants to be like hey let's just make fun of everything is lumped in as the other side and it's i yeah. fucking hate it i hate it mm. Yeah, anyway, going back to the comedy is supposed to be like you should be making fun of both sides. Well, that's just mm-hmm. it. Like you, you should be able to, with, yeah. You have to be provocative if you're doing a comedy that's going to reach people. Like you have to make people mm-hmm. think, and sometimes to make people think, you have to will, risk willing. You have to be willing to risk being offensive at some point to some group. So when you're trying the to do this, like not offensive to anybody, comedy can be politically correct because then it's not comedy. Well, no, it's too sheltered and fucking hampered in and like you're bowing down to a church basically like a, a cult like only our oh, ideas are allowed to be said and if you say anything else we're going to no. shut you the fuck down like that's not you can't be free to have those thoughts even if terrible thought. but that's the thing like you can have a terrible thought and like people nowadays are trying to shut it down before you have the thought and it's like, no, you're allowed to have that thought as long as you realize that most of the time the bad thought's going to lead to bad repercussions. And, like, and you, you have to find get that in a TV show. Like, Archie Bunker would think something racist. He'd get proven fucking wrong, look like an idiot. He'd never come out on top. But, uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can't do an Archie Bunker today because, oh, he says offensive things. It's like, yeah, but the message behind it is that those offensive mm-hmm. things actually put him behind, not ahead. Yep. Right? Exactly. Like, like you can have a message that shows like no racism's bad without being just pandering <laughs> to like racism's bad and this is why and this is my opinion on it. And it's like, yes, but there's other sides. Like people aren't just don't just drop into the fucking sky as racist. Sometimes things happen in their life that make them resentful towards one group or another. And like you can actually do a story with that. You can tell a compelling character. You can have them have their comeuppance and like yeah, learn in. how to think differently. But they don't do that anymore. It's all just that stereotype, oh, Donald Trump voting racist, like, MAGA hat wearing yeah. racist, like, that's so boring. It's like, that's there's so so many other paths to have a character come to that way and why he thinks that way, and it can change why that character would think that way. But they just don't have the skill to write it anymore because everything has to be this cheesy stereotype. This is the one thing we're allowed to make fun of. Let's make fun of that. Kick the fucking dead horse as long as we can because we're not allowed to be offensive to anything else. Well, I mean, even going back to the 90s, you were able to have conversations about things. I mean, how many episodes of, say, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? You yeah. know what I mean? With, you know, like uh, like I had mentioned with uh, John and Milos, um, you know, the whole episode where um, uh, Ben Ben Vereen um, shows up and he's Will's father. And the whole time they're dealing with the fact that his father left him and that... You know, he the, wants to the, impress his father, even though he wants to impress his father. Yeah. And by the end of it, and then that, does, yeah, yeah, that whole that whole ending, again. yeah, that whole ending. You know, and and uh, Uncle Phil, uh, um, James Avery, he told Will, he's like, just you know, let it all out or whatever. 
and you know just do it leave it all out there you don't need him as your father because you're my son and it's it's a big touching moment which you'd never be allowed to do today because the minute you try to write a black Uh, father walking out on his kid they'd be like oh fucking political correctness and it's like yeah but but character story come the fuck on but that was Mm -hmm. that was a that was one of the greatest scenes in that show and it's one that people still share today and And still show how emotional it is Exactly. Not just that show, yeah. 90s sitcoms. If you ask people, oh, yeah. like, what's a moment from a 90s sitcom, nine t- nine people out of ten will say, oh, that fucking one fucking Fresh Prince episode where fucking Uncle Phil makes Will cry. Like, mm-hmm. everybody will say that. Like, right? Yeah, but and then I think, you and I think that's and I think that's also where that's also where you saw that that's also where you saw that Will Smith had the act, acting chops to go yeah, on and do what really he did. Go on and do you know what he, yeah. 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 But it also shows like holy shit, James Avery was such a great actor and never got a fucking yep. push. Other than yeah. being Shredder. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got me at turtles. turtles. And it's funny because like I never realized he was the voice of Shredder until there's one Fresh Prince episode, which again, another great sitcom that no one named. Yeah. But Fresh Prince uh, where fucking they throw the party. I was gonna I was gonna say something when he was talking about Martin, but Phil and Viv leave town and fucking Will and Carlton throw a party and then it the whole episode is them in court pleading against Uncle Phil about the damages that were left to the house and like mm-hmm. Carlton tells a story, Will tells a story and Phil tells a story and it's fucking hilarious to see the spin each one put on it but there's one <laughs> point where, where like in Will's story fucking Carlton runs up with this little fucking ducky inner tube on and yep. Uncle Phil grabs it and pops it pops and he fucking, it. when he yells he sounds exactly like Shredder. That was the when I first put it together that wait a minute that's fucking Shredder from Ninja Turtles. Like, <laughs> but yeah, that that's another great show, you know. And if and yeah, if I could make a top ten, if I could make a top ten, that would probably be at number six. And I because, don't care if she was like, crazy or not. Dark Viv was better than Coffee Viv. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Brent, Brent Perry, everybody. Well, <laughs> no, they say. They say Janet Huber was a nightmare to work with, but like oh, she yeah. was, she had way more personality and character as Aunt Viv than I can't remember her name. The other one was. Yeah, but like I think the was, problem was is that at that point be- they were trying to at that point they were trying to really limit uh, her role more as they were trying to boost up Will and Carlton and stuff like that because even the other kids kind of took a back seat too. And then when they brought in little Nikki, oh, like no, all of a sudden, always like, got pushed. Yeah, kind of. They, they did kind of put Hillary on the back seat. Carlton yeah. stayed about the same, and Ashley kind of grew a bit more as Tatiana Ali started getting hot. Well, yeah, as, as she grew <laughs> up. <laughs> Once she started yeah. to grow boobs, she got more screen time, and it's, I don't think that was a coincidence. Hmm. But, you know, it's... I mean, you know, this... And, you know, to kind of put a button on it, I guess, this was a really good conversation. Uh, talking about all the... Like, we could definitely do another two-hour show oh, of yeah. sitcoms that we didn't talk about in this one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, you know, the, Jeff- just, the, the Jeffersons. <laughs> the Jeffersons. I mean, you got the, yeah, you know what I mean? Is, as squeaky was... as it is now with what he did afterwards, but like Cosby mm-hmm. Show. Cosby right? Show, yep. Which, uh, which another, I still another say. One, another one we touched up on, uh, The Perfect Stranger. Yep. Perfect Strangers, which was fun. Uh, which fam- was family Matters. Show that spun off Family Matters, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Family Matters and then Home Improvement. Har- Harriet started yeah. out as Home Improvement's a great one, yeah. Mm. Uh, 
fucking like even shows like Blossom have things to yep. talk about. Whoa! And then and then we didn't even get into all the TGIF ones like um, Sabrina step by, and step stuff by like step. that. Step by step. Yeah. Um, at one point. Yeah, you know what I mean. And there were all these shows that like you know. And and people like shit on the sitcom now because you know the laugh track and the and the well, three camera the thing isn't a thing sitcom, anymore. But and sitcoms now are like when people think of sitcoms, it's Young Sheldon and The Big Bang, and those are like yeah, oh the, the end game fucking most like homogenized off the top cream fucking sitcom versions of shows you could get like yep. paint by numbers fucking like political correct bullshit and like none of it is funny. And that's because you can't be funny when you can only make fun of one specific group of people, and they have to. And that's what they kick as the dead horse. I think. I think the. I think the problem with Big Bang Theory though was that it's a guy who I think didn't like geek and nerd culture, and so he kind of made them the butt of the joke. Well, if you um, want to be an actor, you've been in like, Hollywood for like fucking yeah. thirty years at this point, and like, even though you're not, everyone's like, you could play the nerd character, like. Yeah. This is why Will Wheaton doesn't work. Because <laughs> like, um, that's all he'd get is those the roles that Johnny Galicki fucking turns down. And then he just, uh, then, you know, then he just becomes a bootlicker for uh, Paramount and all their Star Trek stuff. Yeah. That's all he does is, oh yeah, this is great. Car season two is the most greatest thing ever. Blah, 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 blah. If he's getting a paycheck just to be like, hey, watch this thing that I used to be in 30 years ago. Yep. Could you imagine the residuals that kid gets? It's fucking hilarious because, like, after was it season three was his last season? Season four, uh, four or five, something like that. When he was coming up to his contract dispute that time, they were like, Well, we don't want to pay you extra, but we'll make you a full ensign. And he was like, The fuck, (laughs) that that doesn't help me any. Like, I don't care what you do with my character. Like, I want money. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be here every day to make this fucking show. Like, pay me more. They were like, no, but we'll. Which I, which I didn't realize. I didn't realize how old he was on that show because now he's like older now than what uh, Jonathan Frakes was when he was Riker, yeah. and that's crazy. Yeah, well, he was playing he, like a twelve-year-old. He, he was actually like sixteen or something, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he showed up on the the last season of SWAT. Well, that's. I I always thought it was funny with uh, Deep Space Nine. Because, like, when they started, Jake was supposed to be this little kid, but he already looked like he was 26. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, after two years, they were just like, yeah, let's not make him a kid kid anymore. Let's just pretend <laughs> he's already, like, a young adult, because this ain't working yeah, yeah. anymore. All right, guys. I think uh, I think this was a pretty good discussion. You know, like I was saying about sitcoms and stuff, and like Brent said, we could go hours and hours more talking about other well, we, ones we and all the everything. One, if not two more of yeah. these, just on sitcoms. Like, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe we can revisit this one night when uh, we don't have anything to talk about. We can always yeah. revisit this. You know, maybe one where John can be on and one where Josh is able to be on more or something. Well, like I said, stuff um, like this is so easy, like, on a week where, like, someone's not going to be around or, like, the plan gets yeah. locked up. Like, it's so easy to throw something like this in because we've all watched sitcoms. You know what I mean? We exactly. Up with fucking two or three. Like, just... Maybe I'll watch more of the British ones and, uh, you know, then we can have a little better of a discussion on that since I kind of felt bad that I had to breeze over those yeah. ones. But... But that's just it. Every list is going to have your niche one or two on there, and that's. I think we all try to throw at least one in just to be different. Like, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's. I definitely got to get you a clip or two of Mrs. Fucking Mrs. Brown's boys. 
All right, guys. Um, I'm trying to think. What do we have up? Well, uh, next week we'll be recording episode 300. Um, in the meantime, uh, well, we got is gonna be the con. Uh... Yep, we're gonna have John's con episode. Um, so it'll probably be me and uh Milos on with him, uh, talking yep. about stuff that happened at the con. Um, that's probably gonna be next week sometime. And then right after that, it's going to be episode 300 with 300. So, uh, yeah. So um, I think this is where we're going to say goodbye because I think we're budding up to uh, the two-hour mark. two-hour mark, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, all right. Catch you later. All right, guys. Later. Later.